So I farm so hard, the employees wanna find me. And then wanna hire me. What's 100k to a guy like me? Could you please remind me? Farm so hard, this ain't easy. Working late nights, you best believe me. My grades can only go ace. Never wanna see another B unless I'm Jay Z. Farm so hard, let's get paid. Good evening, my name is Dr. Oscar Santalo. Uh, I am the pharmacy operations manager at UF Health Leesburg. Um, today, I am here to do a presentation on to do a residency or not to do a residency, a guide on landing your dream job. Uh, the reason why I wanted to present this topic to you all was because I do have a lot of pharmacy students, ippy appy interns that work for me, uh, not really sure on whether or not to pursue a residency or even what career they should try to land on. So hopefully um, this presentation can help everyone out. The objectives for today's presentation are to help you guys establish short and long-term goals, explore the different areas of pharmacy, understand how a pharmacy residency can shape your career, and learn the steps needed to take to, to get to your career goals. So this is my response to whenever a student asks me, like, hey, what should I do when I graduate pharmacy school? I simply respond back with, well, what do you want? What are some things you like? When do you want to work? What shifts? So there's a lot. That's a really vague, open question whenever a student asks me that. So here's a situation you guys are in. Uh, pharmacy is a growing field. It is very competitive, but it's very diverse. So what I mean by that is that there's a theme where you get into pharmacy school and it's either retail or hospital it's not always the case. Um, you guys do have to branch out. Try to be outside the box thinkers. Um, there are a lot of there's a lot of opportunity out there. So these are the factors or the overview of this presentation and some things we're going to drill down on. Uh, learning about the areas of pharmacy, feeling your needs and wants from your job, understanding the job market and its competitiveness, setting the goals, and also seeking for mentorship. So how many areas of pharmacy do you think there are? There are actually 25 different areas of pharmacy. Um, the common themes are academia, retail, compounding, uh, managed care, long-term care, mail order, health system pharmacy, as well as pharmacy industry. How many areas of clinical pharmacy do you guys think there are? And as a hint, a lot of these areas offer PGY2 experiences. In pharmacy. There are also 25 different areas of clinical pharmacy. And again, a lot of these offer PGY2 experiences in these area, like cardiology, critical care, ED, infectious disease, pediatrics, um, even pain and palliative care. So this slide kind of hits home for me. Uh, how many different types of health system pharmacy administration positions do you guys think there are? All right, so there isn't a specific number, but they're all different kinds of areas. There's areas in supply chain administration, uh, outpatient, specialty, amifusion, investigational drug services, uh, policy compliance, medication safety. And now we have our non-traditional experiences as well as drug diversion, informatics, uh, drug information specialists, kind of like a clinical coordinator uh, for P&T, if you guys don't know what that is. Uh, opioid stewardship, and even infectious disease just because antibiotics play a major role in our budget. I know it may be even tough to see, but you can see in our uh, in the middle there how the director of pharmacy and ops manager and clinical manager, ha how those roles have expanded a little bit. 
Um, so you, you can see how all the opportunity within just pharmacy administration itself. So the whole purpose of this presentation is for me to kind of tell you, like, there is a process. Um, kind of need to be proactive a little bit as a student because a lot of us are kinesthetic kind of learners or we're visual. So therefore, we need to see uh, what those experiences are like. So we need to make sure that we're doing our homework so, so we can make sure that we get those kind of experiences. So let's backtrack a little bit. So we just learned all the different areas of pharmacy, right? What do I do now? Like, where do I start? And what I would answer back to my pharmacy students is, what would you do to a drug information question? You do a literature search. So this was a pretty relevant article um, titled Factors in Deciding Pharmacist Career Paths. It was a study that identified work profile factors from the Career Pathway Evaluation Program. Um, it was a survey. Uh, the survey consisted of five sections that collected information about the respondents, primary work setting, work setting profile, workload, work activities, background information, and open-ended written comments regarding career choices about the survey that they completed. The top three survey participants, uh, they worked in either academia, community, or hospital. So what this survey found was that the three highest scores for overall group respondents into deciding their career path were income and benefits, stress and handling multiple tasks, so and self-actualization, which is uh, self-fulfilling, so something that you appreciate, you enjoy, like you feel self-worth. And then the three lowest scores were managerial responsibility, work schedule flexibility, and research. This survey was able to break down the categories with the highest per item mean scores. So for instance, the people that valued income and benefits, they primarily worked in industry. Uh, stress and handling multiple, multiple tasks. They worked in chain community pharmacy, uh, self-actualization, academia, uh, job flexibility, industry, um, applying knowledge, clinical specialists, uh, managerial responsibility, chain community pharmacy. So this kind of breaks down a little bit of those for everyone. Granted, this was a very brief and high-level literature evaluation. Um, this, these were the items that I took away. Uh, all factors in the survey were significant. Um, income was the most significant factor. So um, even though most of us may not be swayed by money, money does make a difference at the end of the day. Uh, best job flexibility seems to be pharmacy industry. Uh, applying knowledge, uh, being a clinical specialist, and dealing with multiple tasks as well as stress, uh, working in the community setting. These were some limitations that I noticed about the article. Uh, over a fourth of the participants worked in academia. So when I mentioned about work-life balance um, or in terms of schedule, most folks in academia work Monday through Friday. Um, so not, not many... Most hospital folks tend to work like a rotating weekends, et cetera. Uh, no mention of work-life balance or burnout, which a lot of other studies are looking into what's leading bur to burnout. And then did not describe the role of pharmacy residencies as a factor. Like it didn't take into account of like what it took for them to get to that job. 
and what things they did and didn't enjoy. So just paraphrasing the article and just pulling it a little deeper. So things to consider for your career, for everyone, you want to look at the salary, look at the day-to-day task, um, project-oriented, task-oriented, um, and opportunities for growth. Um, if you're a high-performing person or a, an achievement-oriented person, um, you're not going to want to have a, a ceiling early in your career, and it's going to force you to pivot into a different area of pharmacy. So keep that in mind. Uh, cons, job stress, and everyone deals with stress differently, and as well as work-life balance. Those are all the things to consider. Or as now they're calling it work-life integration, um, I'll let you guys know what that is when I figure that out. Why are my needs so important? And this is Maslow's hierarchy for need. And you can kind of see at the very, very top over there in terms of your career, you know, you need the basics of your job. You need to feel safe and you want to make sure that you have the resources in the role. You want to feel a sense of belonging, like I belong to this team. So those are some other factors. And granted, different areas of pharmacy, you're all working with different kinds of people. So those are other things to consider. Um, are you looking to status or strength and as well as self-actualization that's at the top? So that's the desire to become the most that you can be in that role. So based off of your career, will you be able to push yourself to get into that level, um, to your dream job, that is? So in summary, uh, consider the work schedule. Monday through Friday, weekends, 12-hour shifts, etc., do you enjoy working on tasks versus project oriented? So for me, myself, I busy work is not for me at all. I really enjoy working on projects and Excel and data. So administration kind of sat home with me. Uh, the impact of making a difference, improving patient care, building towards the next goal and opportunities for growth. Uh, is there additional training required? Um, like for instance, if you're ever interested in management, even if it's a clinical manager, they're kind of requiring master's degrees in business and healthcare administration. Uh, are you even interested in those kind of things? So just other things to consider. All right, Oscar, I really, really want to be an ambulatory care pharmacist. So this is what I would tell my students. Okay. What jobs are out there for ambulatory care pharmacy? Are you restricted to? Orlando, Gainesville, the state of Florida. Um, have you read any of the job descriptions and those requirements? Are you getting experiences? Are you shadowing people just so these are other things that you can speak on? Are you getting projects related to our ambulatory care, doing glycemic management, um, managing other patients' asthma? Are you volunteering, et cetera? Like, what are you doing to get experience just to make sure that, yes, you can see yourself doing this every single day of your life? So understanding the job market overall is important. Um, this was something that I had to, this was a separate project I worked on when I was getting my MHA. Uh, I just, I was just looking at the competitiveness of pharmacy and in the state of Florida, you know, you have Florida A&M, UF, USF, LECOM, Nova, Palm Beach Atlantic, Larkin, and some of them have multiple campuses. Uh, there was 200 residency programs at the time. This is two years ago. I'm assuming it's around possibly 250, 300 maybe. Um, there has been a, a nice growth to residency positions. Um, on average, it's 300 to 500 job openings. 
And just remember, this is Florida. This is a very attractive state. So you also have out-of-state students and pharmacists looking for work. So look at mine about the amount of graduates you have in Florida, then the amount of job openings, and then also consider, you know, you're going to have people that have already completed a residency applying for the same staff job you are. That's the next question I would ask you. If you're considering residency, not doing residency, if you were the employer, which person would you hire? So there was an article that talks about the pharmacy workforce and AJHP came out in 2019. It talked about position shortages. And I wanted to show you guys that where the shortages are and where there's opportunities for you, the students, the graduates, the residency folks. Um, so you can see that in terms of vacancies, they're declining, but there's still a need for clinical coordinators, clinical specialists, experienced pharmacists, as well as managers. You can you can see on this chart here that entry level pharmacist has kind of been on the decline. So the expectation is that the vacant positions have been more so for clinical specialists, experiential or managerial type roles. So I'd ask you to read the job description and the reason why, because it tells you the day to day responsibilities, the qualifications. I think job descriptions are funny. You see the snippet on the right here, entry level job opening. Uh, hiring recent college grads, requirements, five years of experience, six Olympic gold medals, and superpowers. It's just really difficult um, describing the whole onboarding or hiring recruiting process on the manager side. That's a whole other topic for another day, but it makes it very difficult for graduates. Um, so I'll say is review the job description, um, re re reveal the day-to-day -day responsibilities because there are things that you will and not like about your job. That's unfortunate. Um, but it does describe the qualifications. So what I would tell you guys is use those qualifications as goals or stepping stones so you can build up to it. And I'll give you guys an example later in that presentation. Um, professional nugget, be hesitant on taking jobs with very vague job descriptions. So especially for those that say, oh, anything, anything necessary to meet the needs of the department, but basically means that you're going to be compounding IVs and delivering meds, et cetera. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with being a good team player. But just be very careful in ta taking very vague job description positions. All right. So you know what area of pharmacy you want to go into. You want to do ambulatory care pharmacy. This is great. Um, you, you're trying to get some rotations lined up. You're able to match. Great job. You're going to work on projects with, you know, one of your professors. Seek an advisor in, in the field. Go ahead and start building a network already. I know UF does a lot of great work with mentor mentee programs um you guys have me as a resource if you need me to connect you to the right people but yeah feel free to shadow learn um i haven't met a whole lot of pharmacists that have not been willing to help a student uh, so anything that can help you guys be able to speak on those experience or to be able to visualize what those pharmacists do on a day-to-day -to, -day, to kind of decide of like yep that's how i want to be able to grow up and the best part about a mentor is that now you you're starting to build your network of the people you know, because that kind of also helps you get to your dream job also, knowing people. So I briefly talked about setting goals. So for example, if your dream job is to be an oncology pharmacist, and one of the qualifications are is to do a PGY1 and a PGY2 in oncology, then those should be your goals. Goal one, graduate pharmacy. Goal two, complete a PGY1. Goal three, Get a PGY2 in oncology. 
and they and then those using those as your stepping stones between your short and long term goals. And these are all things that you can use during your interviews also. And the common question I get is that what if the job does or does not require a residency? But to answer that question, I would kind of explain to you guys like well, what does a residency do for you anyway, right? So what does a PGY1 residency do to help pharmacists? It helps them to develop leadership skills, improve patient care, uh, redefine problem-solving strategies, advance the growth of their clinical judgment. And this is my personal opinion, like the way I'll explain it to people who are on the fence. A pharmacy residency is an investment in your training. Um, you are taking a salary hit. So if you do the residency and do the bare minimum, you're not really investing in yourself. So whatever you put in and what you get out, because you can really speak on those experiences. And it really takes a special person to complete a residency because it's not for everyone. And not everyone needs it. But again, while I tell people that it's investment, are you willing to make that investment? This was from the previous article in the workforce. It kind of just shows you just overall just the growth of pharmacy residencies because it's not only residents that are seeing the growth or the development of pharmacy clinical skills. It's the hospitals. They're, they're seeing the change, the trend on how pharmacy is growing through these residency programs. So if you're not seeing it, the employers definitely are. This slide doesn't do a whole lot of justice, but I didn't want to go down this rabbit hole with this group, but pharmacy residency versus non-residency. A, a residency is a three years work experience. That is not 100% true. You can take your BCPS versus others, and that's another discussion for another day. You guys can look into that yourselves. Um, but depending on when you're applying to jobs, some people will treat residency as one year of experience. Granted, you were tr specialized and trained because remember, HRs kind of decide what your salary, what your rates are in your career. They are not pharmacy people. Now, if you work for an academic health system, uh, Florida starting to catch on. HCA for-profit hospitals kind of understand what a residency is. So they're granting you those two, three years of experience. So don't hang your hat on like, oh, if I did a PJ1, PJY2, that's six years of experience. That's not always true. And I was tricked in that regard also. So I just wanted to share with you guys. So you're not doing it just for to hang your hat on three years of experience. You're able to take your BCPS. It's just advancing your training. You are taking a salary decrease. Um, but at the same time, it definitely separates you from other candidates. Like we had a clinical specialist position open and my clinical manager was gun ho on hiring, um, someone that was residency trained just because that we needed a special high performing person with clinical skills that we don't have time to train everyone from scratch. Um, a residency is a very demanding experience. Um, you can very easily be working 40 to 70 hours a week. Um, but then again, that's really dependent on the person. It's also dependent on how you prioritize your work. I did not bring any of my work home with me, um, mainly thanks to my wife. But uh, what I will tell you guys is it's really dependent on the person as well as job advancement. Um, in terms of residency, you have the ability to work on projects, promotional growth. What I noticed was that people that did not do a residency had a harder time moving up because if you're moving up in a manager role, if you're in a manager interview, they're going to ask you like, hey, what projects have you done? You can't say you just staffed or you just sorted 
drugs from A to Z. That doesn't really do it for them. They want to see you be able to implement your own projects from start to finish. What was the result? What did you learn? So at least in residency, you have to implement a project or complete an MUE or something formula related to, to at least speak on. So that's why I'll be hesitant on the non-residency side. If you're interested in advancing, mainly because it's harder to move up, in my opinion. From the people that I met, and these are people that actually wanted to do a residency, they're either, they had no clue. They didn't, they just like, I just want to work in a hospital. I have no idea what I want to do in a hospital, but I know that I can improve my clinical skills. I don't feel confident in my skills right now. And that's totally appropriate. Or like some of my co-residents, they knew what they wanted to do. Like Oscar, I want to be, I want to wear a cape. I want to be in the ED. I want to be making drips, doing codes. That person obviously wanted to be, do a PGY2 and ED. Um, or anyone that's really interested in job advancement um, sooner rather than later. Um, those are the folks I would tell them to consider doing a residency. So we had some questions. Now we have a student case. BW, Bruce Wayne, is a 24-year-old male in his second year of pharmacy school. He is interested in patient interaction as long as it is in a clinical setting, loves topics on hypertension, COPD, and diabetes. He is interested in working with medical professionals from other disciplines, and he likes doing research. Based off of BD's presentation, what should BW do next? Is it A, wait for his professor to tell BW what he should do P4 year, do a literature search on jobs that describe those functions he would enjoy performing, or C, look for the highest paying pharmacy job? The answer is definitely C. Um, you guys have Google resources. Keep looking things up. Review the job description. See what's out there. Um, there's new information coming in day in, day out. There's a chance that stuff on my slides are already being outdated. We find out that BW is interested in ambulatory care pharmacy. What are some factors or items that should be considered or researched? Is it A, work schedule, B, day-to-day responsibilities, C, qualifications, certifications, or D, cons about the role or job market competitiveness, or E, all the above. So there's a kind of summary of the needs, the wants, everything we discuss. So it's, yes, like what... How do you see your work schedule in the future? What are the day-to-day responsibilities, qualifications, certifications, um, cons about the job? So it's like kind of weighing in like, all right, I really don't like management, right? I really don't like to fire people. I don't. I don't like to discipline people, but it, it comes with a job. But man, but seeing my team develop, seeing them grow, seeing how I'm impacting patient care, watching my projects. So I kind of really appreciate what I do even more. So that's just an example of, you know, going into knowing that things I don't like about my job. Based off of the job description on the right, prior, prioritize BW's goals for becoming an ambulatory care pharmacist from longest to shortest. So long-term goal to short-term goal. On the right, I legit looked it up before that I made these slides. I snipped it out. That is the job description on Indeed right there for everyone. Um, and I'm just going to give you the answer. It's already set up from longest to shortest, and it's easiest if you work backwards. Um, manage direct your own inventory care clinic, right? Like you're running your own clinic. And the reason why I say that is because most PGY2 experiences in AmCare, they kind of train you to run your own clinic, like how to develop, start up your own clinic, which I think is very special about those kind of programs. 
Um, two, you want to achieve just a staff position or participate in a clinic. Um, some hospital positions where a portion of your staffing is in the hospital, a portion of your staffing is in the clinic. And those jobs are equally fascinating. Um, you need to do a PGY2 in ambulatory care. Do you need to do a board certification in ambulatory care? It looks great. Yes or no. Um, I personally don't know. I would say it was dependent on the job description, but hey, it doesn't hurt. Uh, doing a PGY1, you kind of need to do a PGY1 and do a PGY2. There are PGY1s with ambulatory care experiences or an emphasis in ambulatory care, so you may not even need a PGY2, right? Um, you could also take your BCPS up after your completion of residency. You need to graduate pharmacy school. I would highly recommend you seek mentorship in ambulatory care field and utilize that relationship to get those experiences, projects, and posters just to keep building up on your CV. We talked about a lot. So in summary, a snippet of the other slide, what does pharmacy have to offer you? You guys did enter a field that's very diverse. There's a lot of opportunity. You just got to go look for it. Um, and really looking at yourself in the mirror, like what do I like? What do I not like? If you do not know, try something. So for me, like I didn't know, I didn't want to get in the pharmacy school. So I became a pharmacy technician first and then I loved it. And then I'm like, I might want to work in a hospital someday. I became a technician in the hospital. Loved it. Um, I might be interested in administration. Let me get a administrative rotation. Did that. Loved it. So it's, you know, don't be scared to try new things or get out of your comfort zone because you'd be surprised if you like them. And that's one of the other benefits about residency is that they have requirements for you to expose you in different areas on purpose because you never know, one, when you're going to need them, those skills. Two, you might actually like it. So for me, I wanted no part in critical care or ED. And based off of my residency experience, loved it. So and I would not have picked it if that was not the requirement. So it's just an example for you guys just to uh, get out of your comfort zone. Um, understanding the job market. Um, so for me, I was well aware that there are leadership positions available uh, across the states. Uh, setting goals. So understanding what it takes for you to get to your dream job. Looking at the job description. Looking at the qualifications. Asking around. Doing your literature search. And then seeking mentorship, which is very, very important because off the bat, you're going to have an inside person that's going to help guide you in what you need to do, as well as um, you're already starting to build a network. And that's very, very important because they just look at your CV. Oh, so-and-so, no so-and-so, we are on. Um, and we can move on to this person in terms of accepting the position. So I'm really glad that you guys took the time to listen to my presentation. I hope you found this helpful and good luck to all of you. Thank you.